Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa. I'm your host. And in today's episode, I want to talk about all things protein powders, the differences between the different kinds, who, which one might be for, what time of the day or what particular scenario, which one might be for, what to look out for in your powders, how to use them, and much more. Before we get into the episode, though, if you are a returning listener, welcome back. And if you're new to the show and you enjoy this content, do me a favor, subscribe, rate the show, and share it on your social media. This is the best way to help me grow. Do we have to consume protein powders if we want to enhance muscle protein synthesis, if we want to get the maximum results out of our um, the effort that we put into the gym? The answer is absolutely no. You can totally, totally achieve the same, if not better, results sometimes through whole foods. However, protein powders can be an incredibly convenient way to help, help you hit your protein target. So if it is a question between hitting your protein target and utilizing one, two, or depending on your body size, even three servings of protein powders per day, or not hitting your protein target, then I would always recommend option number one. And let's face it, when it comes to seeing results, adherence, so how well you're able to stick with your targets, plays the biggest role. And when it comes to adherence, convenience plays a huge role. Many, many people have very busy lives rushing around from one place to another. Meal prep or simply organizing their food is a can take up some time um, and is often a big concern. And so protein powders can be super convenient, um, especially around training times. But again, we don't have to consume protein powders. A lot of people really like the taste. Um, it is an option to have something sweet without the extra carbs or fats or, um, in my opinion, often a great substitute for that afternoon sweetness craving when we're, we kind of have an option between a muffin and, you know, something else, maybe a protein bar or protein powder. Um, so here, this can come in um, very conveniently as well. Other people, they especially initially say like, oh, I really don't like protein powders. But here I do want to say it is kind of like with any beverage. Um, there are huge differences in terms of flavor between the different kinds, and there are also huge differences between how they make you feel between the different kinds. So don't knock it so quickly. Give several kinds a go, and particularly if you're if you feel like you've had ones <clears throat> that, that were just way too sweet, chances are that they had artificial sweeteners in them. So if you try others, that perhaps only have stevia or monk fruit, fruit sweetener in them, you might completely change your mind. Or maybe, again, I will get into that when we talk about uses later on, um, but maybe you are just someone who might really enjoy your protein powder in your oatmeal or mixed in with yogurt, which tends to taste a little bit more um, neutral or almost acidy. And so that combination can kind of blend that sweetness. <clears throat> but before we talk about potentially uses, I really want to shed light on the different kinds. 
the most easily absorbed and most easily digested um, at this current stage of um, research, I guess, and probably the most promoted for performance is a whey protein isolate. Many people that actually feel like they have a dairy sensitivity or even a slight intolerance are actually also fine with an isolate. Um, we do recommend it usually particularly around training again for that purpose because it is so quickly absorbed and digested around your training times. We don't want anything in your stomach that takes a long time to digest. So with uh, this isolated protein, the idea is to separate out the majority of the protein from the original food when we think about the dairy that's accomplished through either an alcohol wash a water wash or an ionization technique and each method um, has of course a different cost so water is usually the least expensive and ionization is usually the most expensive so after the isolate is created through that filtration process um, at that point pretty much everything but the protein has been eliminated. And because of that, a whey protein isolate um, is really, really, really low or probably the lowest among the protein powders um, in carbs and fats and fiber and phytochemicals. Uh, so isolated protein is about 90 to 95% protein by weight um, and it is digested in less than an hour. Uh, it's not the most commonly used one. The most commonly used protein powder is a whey protein concentrate, which is also a really good option around training. It's not quite as fast absorbed. Um, I don't know what sort of percentages we're talking about here, uh, but still really, really quickly absorbed and um, still has a very low percentage of carbs and fats and, and fiber in it. Um, ideally, you'd look for a protein from grass-fed cows and organic one when it comes to each one of those. So the concentration of the protein here um, is achieved through a high heat drying process and an acid extraction process to just lessen the food source into a concentrated protein powder essentially. It's it's reasonably priced and probably cheaper, or it's, it is cheaper than the um, whey protein isolate. And that's also that because the during the, the processing, um, well, not it's not because, but anyway, during the processing, other impurities can also be concentrated with the protein. So it is higher in lactose um, and, 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 like I said, a little bit higher in fat as well. But it's still ending up to be about... 70% of protein per weight and is digested in about an hour. We do have another whey protein here, which is the least common one among them and many people haven't even heard of, and that is a whey protein hydrolyse. Hydrolysate. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, to be entirely honest. <laughs> Um, so it's another variation of a whey protein, but here the product has been treated with either heat enzymes or acids to be pre-digested um, by breaking some of the peptide bonds. So this results in a product that's super rapidly digested and technically also super easily tolerated by most athletes and um, even those with slight dairy intolerances. Um, 
And it's, it has actually been shown to be pretty much as effective as whey protein isolate. However, it's going to be the most expensive option on the market um, through that process. process and uh, it's definitely harder to come by. So if you, you know, have the option between isolate and a hydrolysate, I would still go for an isolate just for the price point. The next dairy option or other dairy option that we always have is a casein protein. This is slow, a lot slower digested than the previous kinds. And that's why it's usually recommended as an evening or pre-bedtime protein. It um, is meant to stimulate muscle protein synthesis throughout the night. So while the whey is a liquid byproduct of making cheese, casein is the curd part of the cheese making process. So casein protein is a slow digesting dairy protein, protein as I said, um, but it's also a complete protein. Um, it's meant to keep the amino acid levels elevated for longer in the body. Like I said, that's why it's meant to stimulate muscle protein synthesis for longer. And um, it takes about four hours or so to digest. Whereas whey, on the other hand, uh, there might be the, the leucine content or lysine a content in it actually um, could potentially inhibit sleep a little bit. And because it's so quickly digested, it could lead to people waking up a little bit more throughout the night. But I really don't want to put any... Um, I guess, fear or whatever into people. If so, if it's still like, hey, should I have a whey protein shake before bed in order to hit my protein or should I not have anything? I'd still rather go for the whey and just see how you feel. If, of course, you do that consistently and you notice consistently that your sleep is inhibited, um, then, you know, switch to casein or uh, low-fat cottage cheese or some yogurt or something like that before bed instead. Now, moving on to the non-dairy protein powder options. Um, the first one I want to talk about here is an egg protein. So obviously that is the dried egg whites only. It is fat-free um, and it's basically concentrated amounts of the essential amino acids. However, oftentimes this actually causes a little bit of an upset stomach, a bit of bloating, and we don't get the benefits from the way here as in calcium um, and some of the other dairy benefits or micronutrients we would be getting through through whey or whey concentrate or whey, whey isolate or concentrate. <clears throat> so egg, not my preferred kind to be entirely honest. Um, it, it, even when it comes to people that are dairy intolerant, beef is another option that especially in recent years people have become more interested in. So obviously this is dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free, but the differences between the different brands are incredibly high here. So oftentimes, if not stated that it's a, that it is from grass-fed cows, um, it can be literally anything that has come from the beef. So many times. Uh, productions or, or companies will skimp on the money here and utilize a lot of collagen and gelatin to make up most of the protein in the beef protein isolate, um, which makes it an incomplete protein lacking in some of the essential amino acids. So really, really here, if you're someone who enjoys beef protein or wants um, to go with a beef protein, make sure it is from 
grass-fed cows to begin with and then also make sure to look at the amino acid profiles in there so that you're really covering all the essential amino acids and that it's the right distribution as well. Um, since, of course, as we all know, amino acids are the thing that drives muscle protein synthesis and the recovery and, um, yeah, essentially... The, in this one, quality is actually really even more important than in the whey proteins. Um, it is slower digested also than whey protein. Uh, it takes about two to three hours. Now, the plant-based ones in recent years in particular, they have made a lot of um, progress when it comes to reaching similar amino acid profiles as in whey. The back in the day or when they first became kind of an option or popular um, other than whey, it was common to just have one source of um, plant protein such as soy protein or pea protein or brown rice protein. Thankfully, nowadays, we kind of know that a blend is usually best in order to cover all of these amino acids. Um, we definitely want to look for something that's organic or GMO-free. Of course, if it is organic, it is going to be GMO-free. Um, just because otherwise, especially if it contains soy, chances that it is heavily laden with pesticides are quite high. Um, so again, going over some of the individual ones, pea protein that's often made from the yellow split pea, which um, is a high-fiber legume, as we know. Um, it, it does contain all the nine essential amino acids, although it is fairly low in methionine. <laughs> that is a difficult amino acid to pronounce. Um, brown rice protein um, does also contain all the essential amino acids, but it's low in lysine. So again, you can see why it pays off to have a little bit of a blend here. Um, there are many, many others, such as hemp protein, which it which is beneficial um, with like amino acid. Uh, or sorry, it it does have omega three fatty acids in it, and therefore that's one potential benefit, it does have several essential amino acids, but it's not considered a complete protein um, because it has very level, low levels of lysine and leucine. There are others such as cricket, <laughs> cranberry, artichoke, whatever. Um, but yeah, most of the time, the plant-based ones that you will find the will be a blend of pea, brown rice and maybe something else a little bit of soy or so um, so a really good option actually these days and most of them will contain some digestive enzymes which are going to help the processing because the early tries at producing plant-based proteins were also often led to a lot of bloating and do keep in mind that most of the time or pretty much all plant-based protein Proteins are going to be a little bit higher in carbs and fats than a whey protein isolate and probably than whey protein concentrate as well. Just if you think of it, um, same with like peas or beans or whatever that you eat, they usually do have a, a mixture of, of protein, carbs and fats as well. Um, there is more... I guess, producing research, etc. on the horizon. There are talks about a 
potato whey coming onto the market, which um, is supposed to have a very similar amino acid profile to actual dairy whey with similar macros as well to dairy whey. So let's all stay tuned for that. I do want to mention one thing, which I just, I guess, touched on a little bit when it came to the beef protein, and that is collagen. Collagen has become so um, popular, and I, for one, actually also take collagen. Um, however, in form of capsules, I personally, I and um, the reason for taking collagen, in my opinion, is for hair health, skin health, nails. It's not something that I will um, recommend to everybody. It's more of like a beauty supplement, so to speak. Um, powdered versions of collagen, just like the capsular version, uh, they are not a complete amino acid and therefore it's not a good source of protein around training to begin with because it's not going to um, again cover all the amino acids but more than that your body simply is going to use collagen more preferentially for things like joint health for things like skin hair nails etc and not directly for muscle building therefore it really is not a great protein around training times and I personally don't recommend not even to track collagen protein in uh, towards your your uh, protein intake or your daily macros and that is just the way that we practice it here at Nutrition Coaching and Life though because again evidence that it is being used for muscle building is um or it's actually the evidence says it's not being used for muscle building <laughs> Um, so let's look at what things should or should not be in your protein powder. And of course, this depends on um, whether it's flavored or unflavored. Um, overall, though, especially with the with the flavored ones, um, we want to look for minimal added ingredients towards the uh, whey or whatever you choose. Um, probably digestive enzymes to help you process the way a little bit better that's not always a must though there might be an anti-caking agent in there so that it's not getting lumpy um, and then of course um, cacao or vanilla bean and um, potentially a, a sweetener natural sweetener such as stevia or monk fruit um, what should not be in your protein powder gluten we don't want gluten in there this might only cause um, bloating or there's no reason for gluten to be in there we don't want vegetable oils or fats in there you'll often see soybean oil in there so these are ingredients that are often added um, to any many weight loss and protein supplements to increase the richness and flavor um, but again there these fats are often derived from like processed hydrogenated sources that contain also trans fats which as we know are thought to be more harmful than even saturated or more harmful than saturated fats and should be limited um, we also should not find any thickeners or gum in there, um, including, that's really, really common, unfortunately, including um, sanctin gum. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation of that. Um, so they're often manufactured from like soy, corn, and wheat, and those added ingredients can also cause bloating and gas for most people. Um, and we don't need any thickeners other than uh, it's a cheap 
filler, so to speak. We don't want any dextrin or glucose in there unless you're in a gaining phase and you want those extra carbs. But in a the beauty of a protein powder is usually that it's an isolated protein thing um, without the other macros. We also shouldn't be finding any skim milk powders and milk solids in there. Again, those would be cheap bulking agents and a pure protein powder or the best protein powders should not include those. Um, and again, there are other fillers uh, that are often added to bulk up the protein and save money for the manufacturer. For example, sometimes psyllium fiber or coconut flour even, um, and those can those often do cause gastrointestinal discomfort, um, especially if people have pre-existing digestive issues um, or if they st often struggle with bloating and constipation. And I, for one, also say we should not find any artificial sweeteners in there. I don't say that because I think they are harmful. Uh, I just say that because I don't think that they're helpful. And... Um, there is a percentage of people where certain artificial sweeteners, especially the more commonly used ones, such as sucralose or aspartam, aspartame, however you pronounce that one, um, they do cause bloating. So, so why risk it or why spend those 40 bucks? And then just to find out that you do actually have uh, an intolerance towards one of those. Um, so rather use some natural sweeteners such as stevia or monk fruit. And thankfully that is becoming more and more popular. So how other than just in a protein shake, can you use protein powders? Of course, yes, a protein shake with either water or I sometimes like with, with, um, uh, almond milk or you can mix it in with your coffee as well if you're like kind of like a mocha type of thing <laughs> um, and yeah it, it can be convenient if you finish your training and you know okay I'm not going to have a chance to get around to have an actual meal for like an hour or so um, or maybe even two um, and in the, those cases it is a great way to start your recovery or to initiate your your recovery and help your body recover a little bit faster it's certainly not the end of the world um, and you're not going to notice a huge difference if you don't have anything for like an hour or two um, but still it's a it's a possible um, option and just as well before your training if you've had lunch and then maybe you want to trade four or five that's a quite a long time three four hours or so between your lunch and your training and um, you might feel a little bit of an afternoon low so having a protein shake or so an hour perhaps depending on what source of protein you use beforehand um, could be could be beneficial <clears throat> you can also mix it in with lots of other great things such as uh, your yogurt as I mentioned earlier I love that um, especially like you you use natural yogurt whether that's Greek yogurt skier or any other low-fat high-protein yogurt and then you add a little bit half a scoop or a full scoop of protein powder and maybe a little bit of water you can also make some protein quote-unquote milk so make a make a protein shake and pour it over your granola or cereal or um I basically have uh, protein powder daily in my oats as well. Um, and there are actually nowadays also some 
savory plant protein powders that you can add to sauces so it kind of makes like somewhat of a cheese sauce or so um so check that out if you have not heard of that before and of course you can use it in baking as well you could make like a brownie mug cake you can just make regular brownies or cookies or um cheesecakes there are a ton of recipes online and um I think it makes for a great substitute, as I mentioned before, to some of the ordinary baked items, which are just going to spike your blood sugar quite high. And then after that, maybe an hour later, so you're experiencing your afternoon low. So this would be a very, very different response here. Um, another big advantage in my opinion to protein powders is that they are, like I said, a quote-unquote pure protein um, source. So it makes it easy for playing macro tetris <laughs> so let's just say if you have only you've already um reached your carbon fat targets but you still have 30 grams of protein to go this or something like egg whites or chicken breast or white fish uh, or low-fat dairy uh, of course are some great options also but sometimes we don't have the possibility to cook or it just it makes it easier for calculation sake and especially in the beginning when people start learning about macros um, this is an easy tool to be using as i said one of the maybe negatives um, could be uh, that 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 protein powders on average are not as high in micronutrients than a regular high quality protein source such as um, fish or, or seafood or even um, yeah eggs which of course I realize they do have uh, fats in them as well or salmon let's say has a higher fat content too um, although like whey protein powder like I mentioned does have calcium and other um, other smaller micronutrient benefits too it might not be as satiating as actually chewing your protein. So nonetheless, quote-unquote quote process is not always a bad thing, especially when people don't have that much time to eat or when people say they don't have a lot of appetite and they actually struggle to reach their their food target because it feels like it's so much. So drinking something like a protein shake, which just feels like drinking a little bit of um, cocoa, <laughs> um, might be a lot easier. So it's it's great overall for ramping up your metabolism, if you if you will, or um, also when increasing your calories and protein. Like I said, and, and you're struggling to get to that target. Uh, one of my my first mentors actually said, you know, Lisa, if this is something that your clients are struggling with, really literally just advise them to have a protein shake either with each one of like with their lunch and their dinner or um like that could be with the meal or after the meal <laughs> um uh, or literally have uh, advise them to have a protein shake between each one of their main meals if they're struggling with that um and so like i said two times per day or, or for some individuals if you're larger even three times per day should be absolutely fine if you do notice a lot of bloating and that's not going away after three four days Again, it could be the type of protein powder. Maybe you didn't see that there is some artificial sweeteners um, or are some artificial sweeteners in there. Um, so don't give up too quickly. Um, if you have any particular favorite flavors, I would love to hear about them. Maybe you want to shoot me a message or um, leave them in some sort of comments here. 
um if you're listening to this somewhere where you can add a comment i would absolutely love to hear it like i said my favorite uh recipes are or yeah if you even can call them recipes would be um protein oats yogurt and protein powder i also sometimes make a protein mug cake usually with the casein um at at the end of the day so that's literally just the protein powder a little bit of water popping it into the microwave for like 30 seconds or a minute. Um, some people go a little bit more fancy and they add some baking powder so that it actually fluffs up a little bit more. Or you can also add an egg. Um, yeah, you can you can add so many things to that. Again, there are tons of recipes out there. Um, I do think it's super convenient when you're traveling or sometimes when, um, let's say I train in the morning and uh, I might be invited to coffee a little bit later in the morning, like 10 or 11. And I know I kind of want a pastry there, <laughs> um, but I shouldn't just have like the sugar or something paste something high in carbs and low in, in protein uh, to start my day off. So having a protein shake after training, A, is going to help with the recovery and B, is not going to, it's going to keep me a little bit full un until I have that brunch or that that pastry item and there are also some great protein ice creams nowadays some great protein breads and wraps which also use um, protein powders like from soy protein or otherwise um, so really really lots and lots of good options to be utilizing protein powder if you're someone who's currently not using any Hopefully this kind of opened your horizon a little bit or gave you a reason to try some from time to time if, if it helps you reach your target. And I will always say it's better to use a protein powder of high quality than not hitting your protein. Of course, again, if you can reach your protein targets with whole foods only, that is absolutely fine as well. I do hope you found this episode helpful. If you have any particular topic recommendations for future episodes, I would love to hear them. Thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Coaching and Life or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.